Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Commercial Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. How do you set your personal minimums when flying commercial, flying for hire? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you're listening to the Commercial Pilot Podcast, brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. In fact, please take a two-week, no-strings-attached, free trial or online ground school by going to m0atrial.com, M-Z-E-R-O-A trial.com to check that out and learn more. I'm often asked, and commercial pilots, I'm sorry I spend so much time on this topic, but you can tell based on its level of importance how much time we spend here. And I don't need to bore you with personal minimums. You say, Jason, you taught me this way back in the private pilot days. It's still just as relevant. And if anything, I find it even more difficult now as a commercial pilot. How do we set our personal minimums when we're flying for hire? Someone is paying me. Someone is expecting me to complete a job. Someone is expecting me to get them somewhere. How do I have personal minimums with that? You have to remind yourself that yes, although that person is paying you to tow that banner, to fly them somewhere, to um, spot traffic accidents, all these different little jobs, aerial surveying. Yes, someone is paying you to do those things. Yet they're paying you to do them safely. They're paying you to complete them successfully and not hurt yourself, not hurt them, and not hurt others. Just because you're compensated doesn't mean you lower your personal minimums by any means. You say, well, Jason, how do the airlines do that? And that, that's a different story. I'm talking about general aviation flying for hire. Allow me to explain, and I've shared stories like this, maybe not in this great of detail before. You've heard me share the story of it's hard to make good decisions when it's the end of the month and the rent is due and the weather's bad. You've heard me say that, but perhaps you haven't heard the backstory behind those statements so often. My very first job was as a traffic pilot. I was a traffic pilot and a CFI, uh, technically kind of simultaneously. But I was a traffic pilot in Jacksonville, Florida. And I would fly around and I would report auto traffic accidents, cars, traffic accidents, and traffic backups to a local radio station in town. I would fly two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening for the traffic job and instruct in between. And again, obviously spotting automobile traffic took some decent days. It was supposed to be VFR only. Obviously you couldn't do it. How could you spot traffic IFR? I flew a very specific beltway loop, uh, 295-9A, if you're familiar with Jacksonville, Florida. F uh, flew that loop over and over and over. You could knock it out uh, 12 to 15 times uh, during that two-hour loop because you have to stop for and circle around some accidents and give some traffic reports uh, and back and forth. And you would do all those things. And there would be times where you'd wake up and there's that radiation fog and you're waiting for it to burn off. Please burn off. But I didn't get paid unless I was flying. That was the tough part. That was the challenging part. Unless that propeller was spinning, unless that Hobbs meter was going, I was not being compensated. And I'm embarrassed to admit it now, but I didn't, 
I didn't have a, a, a mentor at the time that would pull me aside and say, Jason, don't do these kinds of stupid things. Uh, Joel, who you all know from the uh, Captain Joel and Controller Bob show, ended up becoming that mentor, thankfully. Uh, for me and helping me make smart decisions uh, in aviation, saying, Jason, today is not a day to go flying. Uh, we didn't set up quite hard set personal minimums, but he made it very clear on days I should fly and days I shouldn't fly. And more often than not, there were, there were plenty of days that we shouldn't have fl flown. And before I had Joel uh, as an aviation mentor tell me those things, I flew on some days. I remember very specifically, and I'm embarrassed to even share the story, very specifically, um, there was a hurricane coming. I can't remember which. We, we got hit with three hurricanes, um, like back to back to back. Ivan, Francis, Jean, I want to say, were the three. Um, I have to look and see when those actually occurred and, and compare that to my logbook. But there was, it was a nasty hurricane season. I remember one was getting very, very close. And I'm talking the winds were gusting up to 30. It was blowing through this nasty little scud layer. But it was the end of the month and it was time for afternoon traffic and I needed that money. I was a poor college student. Um, I needed that money desperately. And I went flying. And, and again, praise God, nothing, nothing bad happened. Everything was great. Uh, successful landing back there. I remember flying, and it was like when I went in, heading towards the beach uh, of Jack's Beach. I remember like, it was basically like doing slow flight. I, 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 if I tried slow flight, I'm pretty sure I could have gone backwards if I wanted to. It was not a good day to be flying. And I, I pushed it, and unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because you don't learn from these lessons unless you uh, have a, a decent amount of hindsight, unfortunately, I got away with it. Why do I say unfortunately? Because if I didn't get away with it, if I, have, if I, if I bent up a landing gear on a nasty landing, crosswind landing, gusty landing, wind shear, whatever it was, if something would have happened, I would have been way smarter way sooner. And I am thankful that nothing like that um, has ever happened, that I was able to uh, get a little older and get a little smarter and realize that is not um, a smart decision. But un unfortunately, too often pilots get away with exactly that. They push the weather a little bit more than they should have, but they got away with it once. Then the next time it comes around, they may not get it, they may or they may not get away with flying in that same weather or even worse weather. The problem is you build up a tolerance. Oh, you know what? I flew and I broke out at minimums once before and it was no big deal. I okay, This time it's raining. Okay, it's raining and I broke out at minimums and it was even nastier, but I still made it. You build up a tolerance where in driving rain, breaking out at minimums should not be a pleasant experience for anybody. It should be the kind that gets your heart racing if you, if you do it. And I don't even encourage you to do that. And the next time, that rain is now freezing rain, and you don't make it on that approach because you end up very, very short of the runway because you're not equipped uh, with D or anti-icing systems. Do you follow me? Can you see it can build up a tolerance with that? And we do that so often because in commercial aviation, we make a mistake. In commercial aviation and general aviation, we make a mistake that when someone is compensating us, someone is paying us, we feel the need to fly. And that is not the case. You see, it's hard to say no. It is so difficult to say no to somebody who is compensating you for your time when you have bills to pay, kids at home, uh, spouses to take care of, parents to take care of perhaps. I don't know your life situations, but I know that can be difficult to say no. But I do know this, that if you wish to have a long career in aviation,
you're gonna need to learn how to say no. And again, that's the hardest thing you'll do. It's harder than learning uh, DME arcs and uncharted holds, and if you had to ever do NDB approaches. <laughs> it's harder than all those things, I promise. Say no, at least it was for me. Maybe you have a personality. My personality is the one that wants to please everybody, wants everyone to like me. Um, that's just my personality. I wanna, uh, you know, I wanna be that, uh, the, the funny guy that everybody likes. And unfortunately, that's a personality quirk of mine that makes it difficult sometimes to say no in decisions like that. Over the years now, uh, many, many years of, of flying, over decades now, um, I've gotten smarter. I have a long, long way to go. I'm by no means perfect. I have a long way to go. I don't do as much. My commercial aviation, well, you see it, right? Um, you see it when I'm up there uh, uh, teaching for the ground school or teaching for a, a social media video. You see that. That is my commercial aviation nowadays. And what you don't see is the behind the scenes. You don't see that, hey, Jason hasn't flown in a few weeks, so I need to go out and practice before I do this just to make this right. You don't see that... Uh, those steep turns, you, you see the perfect finished product, you don't see the practice and the research and the studying that went into all that to make it so perfect. So don't let me fool you um, with all that. There's a lot, of, a lot of work that goes into that. Don't expect to be perfect in any of your maneuvers for that matter. But I'm telling you, you must still have personal minimums when it comes to flying for compensation or hire, don't be like myself and just base your decisions on how, uh, how much money is in your wallet because that is a recipe to get yourself hurt. Um, and it very much uh, could happen. And you build a tolerance up for flying in weather conditions like that. I want you to be smart with everything. Learning to say no in aviation will allow you to have a very long career. And that's not just commercial operations. It may be a buddy who wants you to fly this airplane that you're saying, this airplane, when was last annual? What do you mean it has 2,200 hours on the engine? Um, are you sure it's up to, are you sure everything's good? It might just mean saying no to some cool flying opportunities because you're not comfortable flying that particular airplane or doing that particular maintenance flight or whatever that is. Learn to say no more often than not in aviation with, with some things, kind of when you have that gut instinct and still have your hard set personal minimum numbers. Yes, I share those, you may think, oh, that's for private pilots. It's not. Hard set personal minimums are for every single person listening to this right now. You must have hard set personal minimum numbers. I hope you're really enjoying the commercial pilot podcast. Hope you'll also be humble enough to go backwards, listen to the instrument pilot podcast, even the private pilot podcast. And of course, I want you to listen forward to the CFI Certificated Flight Instructor podcast as well. Always learning, always finding new ways to do things. Do check out our ground school, m0atrial.com if you want a two-week, no strings attached, free trial of that. And of course, I know you're on uh, YouTube, Facebook, checking out all the great weekly social media content we put out there. So thank you. Thank you for being a blessing to myself and just our business here at uh, M0A.com. If there's anything, anything at all we can do this week to help make you a safer, smarter pilot, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember, the good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you.